0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Burgundy Network Podcast with Josh Taylor. H-T-T-R. Alright, what's up Redskins fans? Welcome to another episode of the Burgundy Network Podcast. As always, this episode is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. As always, I'm Josh Taylor. I'm about three Coronas and an entire DiGiorno pizza in tonight. Uh, but we are ready to talk about some things because the draft is next week. Joining me today, again, my guy Adam. I had a lot of great feedback last time he was on here. So, if there's any kind of talk about the draft, Adam's the guy you need to talk to. So, Adam, absolute pleasure having you back, man.
1: Hey, thanks for having me on, man. Appreciate it.
0: Dude, it's finally here. (laughs) (laughs) Before you know it, we're going to wake up and it's going to be draft day. And I know there's questions, you know... A couple of weeks ago about if there was even going to be a draft but I'm excited to see what happens with this you know with the whole technology and things going on and we've talked about it but is there any kind of concern first off when you're in about the draft and how everything's going to be going on
1: well you know there's always concerns about hacking you know what I mean because like I don't know if you grew up with anyone I grew up with a couple, couple hardcore hackers and they look for like the biggest things as far as challenges to hack. But the NFL is doing the right thing. They're doing a mock on Monday, what I just read. So they're going to do a mock trial. They're going to go through, I believe, all 32 teams, see how it goes, put their picks in as if it's the draft. Um, I don't know how much that will prepare them for live time, but I think that they'll be okay. I think with all the money, invested in the nfl tv deals and everything um it'll go it'll be fine but again anything could happen you know what i mean it'd be kind of crazy if somebody hacks it in and makes a pick for him but i i think it's gonna go out without a hitch i don't think it'll be a problem
0: yeah hopefully they wait till after number two <laughs> yeah exactly exactly let it get giants. a chase young yeah, and let let it. the Giants get a kicker or something. Yeah, they'll
1: do it. They'll do it to, to themselves. I'm not worried. I really, I was just saying with Lake Lewis on sure I was earlier today. I think that the the Giants they they're gonna find a way to mess this up and you know because Gettleman is a guy that. I just have no faith in as far as uh, GM, so I have one thing I do have faith in it, that he'll screw up the pick, but uh, I think the Redskins are going to be just fine, and uh, they're going to pull the trigger on Chase Young. There'll be no mystery in the first round for us.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I saw a few minutes ago that you can actually pause the draft if you think there's a trade or something coming with your pick. And I was like, watch, like, Gettleman's going to hit pause and then forget to unpause it. We're just going to sit there for an hour. (laughs) He's like, oh, my bad, guys. Yeah, like, that was me. Nope, no trades. We're we're just getting our guy. Um, But, you know, that's something I saw uh, tonight, too, is it looks like the Lions and the Giants are both saying, hey, our picks are wide open. Come to us and tell us what you got. And it really moved off from teams wanting to trade up with Detroit and then that causing like an auction for the Redskins was saying, hey, like we'll offer you this to jump Detroit. Now it looks like it's Detroit and New York in that two team, um, I would say, bid for, you know, either you're moving up for Simmons if you're a team or you're moving up for Herbert or Tua. And I've been saying all along that if you're any team trying to move up, just switch with Detroit. Like, the Redskins have no urgency to move back, and you're going to have right. to give up less to go to Detroit. So, who do you think um, come draft day would would probably make that trade back? The Giants or the
1: Lions? Um, probably, in all likelihood, the Lions, because you know everyone's looking at you know Jeffrey Okuda or Isaiah Simmons, and I think just where. The way Matt Patricia, it sounds like he has a lot of say in what's going on there. Just like the Patriots way, there's not going to be one guy that, you know, that's not for sale. Even if it's not a blow, you know, blow your socks off offer. I definitely see uh, the Lions doing it. The Giants could. I don't see the Giants going back too far. Um, But one team I continually mention is the Raiders. I think the Raiders are going to be a team to watch to move up because they want that receiver. They want, I think, you know, going to go after, you know, Judy or C.D. Lamb. So I think that's the one to watch right now is the Raiders and uh, the Lions. I think the, in the end, the Giants will take their offensive linemen, regardless of who was on the board, to protect their investment in Jones. And, and you know, I don't think there's going to be any major, you know, trade-ups, especially for quarterbacks because, you know, Justin Herbert, I think he's going to be the one that goes to Miami, you know, unbalanced. Everyone thinks that it's Tua, Tua, Tua. But I think what I've been saying all, all along, you're an Alabama fan, I'm an Alabama fan, but we're not delusional. We know the injury history is going to be a major issue with teams. And I read today that three teams actually took him off their board entirely. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to be any kind of trade up for the quarterbacks. It's going to be for the, one of the receivers is what I think will happen.
0: Yeah, and like you said, um, the higher ceiling, the more like all-in pick is Tua, but the safer bet is absolutely um, Herbert, and it's still a good pick, still a good quarterback, I think you can do good in the NFL, but I think if you're one of those desperate teams, you gotta look at it and say, hey, are we really gonna be the team that skipped Tua Just because he might get hurt and then go on to have like a 10-year career in many Pro Bowls. So I think that's going to be really interesting to see. But on this episode, we're really going to take a look at some situations. Um, Our big board kind of go through – we're going to run a mock draft live on the podcast. I thought that would be something exciting. Um, because it looks like we might need to take a different approach, um, you know, different than what we've been doing in the past, according to some uh, news that we've heard recently about the Redskins. But also got some big news at the end, um, some some breaking news for us as a team. Me, uh, Adam, uh, full press coverage. Redskins have something planned for draft day, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but. Another story that I saw yesterday that I kind of want to talk about with you is the Falcons, and this one was fun to me because my, my current boss actually um, used to work at the fan um, in Atlanta on their side for their media, and we talk about football all the time, and they're they're trying to move up. Who do you think their their main guy is that they're trying to really get up and go get?
1: That's a good one. That's a good one. You know, it, it makes you really think they're looking at the how much of a window do they have left with uh, Julio Jones and uh, Matt Ryan. Uh, so it really makes you think, is it a receiver? Is it like, you know, like I mentioned, is it C.D. Lamb? Is it Judy? So, you know, uh, you can have a wealth of riches at the receiving core. Um, it could also be a player like Simmons is the guy that they, uh, you know, the pass rusher that they've been trying to get for years now. Um, so it's pretty wide open who who they're going after. But I think probably the safe bet is look for, you know, a stud defender, like I said, like Simmons or you know, even an Akuda because uh, they they're basically purging a lot of their roster. And they do know that their window is closing as far as, you know, Matt Ryan, you know, he, he'll he be there a while. Uh, Julio Jones, I think that there's some concern with that. So I would say if they're looking to move up, it's going to be just like they did with Julio Jones and uh, looking to get, you know, one of the stud receivers.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you on the receiver. So I was actually talking to my boss today, and he still has some people. He has, like, Matt Ryan's phone number. He has some people still in the organization. So I was, gonna, I was actually trying to pull some stuff out of him today. And he told me that he he thinks that he's hearing that Henderson is their guy. And I kind of did some research on it, and a lot of people have uh, C.J. Henderson going early than expected. And mm-hmm. he said that they think that you know they're kind of feeling that pressure, and they they agree that they think Henderson will go much earlier. So they're trying mm-hmm. to trade up and get into that position. Um, so I think I think that's interesting. I'm not sure what all they're going to be willing to to get uh, to give up to to get him, but something definitely to look for. Uh, <laughs> I think there's going to be a lot of trades to be honest with you in the first yeah. round, like you said with the Raiders, um, the Browns yesterday said that they're planning on even moving back and getting uh, Ezra Cleveland out of Boise State, they said they would be comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, mean, I think that's crazy because I think he would go before um, where, where they were projected to go. But we kind of had them as some Trent Williams uh, sweepstakes, front runners for a while. So they're kind of you know showing their cards and saying, hey, we can move back in the draft, get more picks, and still get a guy that we really like. And so that that's something that could definitely hurt us. Um but outside of that, what other storylines? I know I have one that a lot of people have been uh, pushing me on that they disagree with, but what other storylines in the first round um do you think can come out come draft day?
1: I think the quarterbacks interesting because you know we're talking about Justin Herbert, we're talking about Tua, but uh, Love from Utah State. He's been a quarterback that I've really liked this this offseason. I haven't done too much homework on a lot of the quarterbacks this year, just because, you know, as a Redskins fan, I don't really see much of a need, so I don't spend too much time scouting players that aren't fits for Washington. Um, But I think Love, it's, it's a guy that could really surprise, you know, the talk has been about the two main quarterbacks, but do not be surprised if Miami pulls the trigger on Love. It would definitely be a reach and something not expected at all. But uh, that, to me, that's a big storyline to look for. Um, Also, you know, that we just mentioned the Giants. You know, I think everyone thinks it's a foregone conclusion that – well, most people that don't follow Gettleman uh, think it's a foregone conclusion that they'll go for, you know, Simmons if if he's available, which he's probably going to be there, or Okuda, whichever one falls. Even though they picked up Bradbury from the Panthers, I think that that's going to be something to watch because I don't think that they're going to get – the best player on the board even though i think tristan worse from iowa is the best offensive lineman in this draft and they'd be hard pressed not to take him I don't see how you could pass on, you know, a stud like Okudo Simmons, but I think that that's a spot to watch if they stay put because I really think that uh, they're going to go offensive lineman again because I think they're going to try to protect their investment. So,
0: it's 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 going to be
1: something to watch. But like you said, I think there's going to be a lot of trades. Um, the other night I predicted on on a show that I think we're going to see at least five to six maybe more trades in the first round it's all about value it's all about who's on the board and it's all about who teams is trading up for but like you said there's there's going to be a lot of tra- it's going to be a really entertaining first round I'm really looking forward to it
0: yeah me too I and you know I'll hit on that uh Jordan Love that you were talking about um that's that's the one thing I've been saying is don't be surprised if the Patriots move up and try to get into that I would say like Maybe even in that 10 range, they could trade yeah. with the Browns and the Browns could move back and still get their lineman that they want. I think that works out perfectly for them. And Ian Rappaport uh, actually tweeted out a video yesterday when he was on NFL Network saying he's hearing the same thing that don't be surprised if the Patriots move up. And I think if they do, it's going to be Jordan Love. Uh, not a lot of people are high on him just because, you know, if you look at the paper, you know, stats, last season he didn't have the best year. But he right. had all his coaching changes, literally lost every single receiver he had um, yep. and still had a, like a good season. Um, but just an absolute athlete uh, for sure has more upside in the NFL. If he's in a better system than what he did in his last year, at Utah State. Um, right. But then I think Eason is another name to watch. Yes. Too. Yes. I think people are sleeping on Eason. For sure, um, but come draft day, that's going to be a name that comes up because after him, it kind of you know you have yeah. Hertz, you have Fromm, kind of a big drop off, off. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Saying- a little bit. Yeah, Hurts is is another one. Hertz is another one. I have I've been more talking about him in the second round range, but again, don't you know Easton too? But don't be surprised if Hertz gets taken in the back end yeah. or even a team trades up because if it's a copycat league and if there's a team that thinks that they can duplicate what the Ravens are doing. Don't be surprised if somebody jumps up for Hurts either.
0: Absolutely. Packers at 30. Watch that one for Hurts. He had a meeting with both the Packers and the Steelers. I think he had multiple meetings with both of them. So, yeah, if the Steelers move up in that late uh, second, whether if San Fran wants to move back because they have two first-round picks, um, or like I said, if the Packers get Hurts... Um, I think that would be a really interesting fit for him uh, in Green Bay. It's kind of the <laughs> complete opposites with him and Rodgers. Right. Um, but it, it would be interesting. I, I you know We're both, like you said, Alabama fans. Love Hurts. I'm sure you do too. Um, excited to see what he can do. But um, I think style-wise, I feel like Pittsburgh would fit more for him. Yeah. Um, I, I like what Tomlin would do with him. And I feel like he'd be more prepared to kind of take that over other than like LaFleur. LaFleur and, and Rodgers are like a match made in heaven in my eyes right. just with their styles and stuff like that. But definitely a lot of things to watch. But starting this mock draft, the first thing is obvious. The number two pick, I think, you know, it's 100% lock at this point. Like we yeah. can talk about it. We can hype it up. But like I said, even with the back talks with Detroit and New York, Chase Young, number two. As soon as that happens, what's your first thought?
1: Man, this, this defense is just going to dominate. You know, I think I a lot of us drank a little too much of the Kool-Aid last year, and we're talking about, you know, top top five defense. But, you know, let's be real now. You know, we saw a lot of what they could do, but, you know, we didn't factor in the Minuski thing. Yeah. <laughs> and if we did that at the time, we would have tempered our expectations. But what a uh, Jack Del Rio has done with pass rushers in this league, you know, most notably the biggest the comp that I put Chase Young to is Julius Peppers. Yeah. And not only he he had Von Miller and he had others out there, but I think what you saw with Julius Peppers is going to be the kind of impact you see with Young. And there you'll see a lot of people on Twitter talking about the media hype, this and that. These are people that are just looking to buck the system. Young is the real deal. Watched all his tape from day one at Ohio State. He's got better every year. And he, just like Julius Peppers coming out, he's just scratching the surface. And his ability to play, to be a basketball player, which he, you know, he displayed that he used to play with. That was a Marcus Fultz. This is his best friend who was yeah. the first overall pick with the Orlando Magic. They were, he was talking on J.P. Finley the other day about his basketball ability. I love basketball players in this league. And he's the type of player just like Julius Peppers that I think he's going to come in and make everybody better. The knock on him was he disappeared in big games. Go pop on that tape. Two, three, even more chips going on him. If that's what anything he's going to face close to that in the NFL, uh, we're talking about Montez Sweat. We're talking about Ioannidis, Alan Payne. And don't forget about my guy Settle having Big games. So if, if the complaint is, oh, he's going to disappear when he's double-triple-team, well, what are teams going to do with the rest of the players? So that, that's what I think of when I think Chase Young.
0: Absolutely. And I think, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but Chase Claypool was another basketball player too, wasn't he?
1: Yes. Okay. Yes. He actually scored 51 points in a high school game. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, that, I, I love him.
0: Yeah, he's on both of our big boards 100%. Um, but, yeah, and it's interesting because, uh, you know, just like you, I went back and watched the tapes Just seeing how he evolved physically throughout his time at Ohio State, you saw him really craft his body, and that's kind of weird to say, but you see him go from, I mean, if you look at, like, Giannis Antetokounmpo before he came into the NBA and then, like, two years later, how just completely different. He just finally fit his frame and he fit his body the way it needs to be. And you saw Chase, you know, it's not like he was overweight or he was just too small, but you saw him really reach his potential physically. Right. And I think last year was that, you know, first year when he was at his just complete dominance in his, in his physical uh, attributes. And I think, like you said, barely scratching the surface. So coming into the NFL, I think he's as pro ready as it gets just like Bosa was. Um, but I think that he is the better prospect. And I think you'd agree with me on that. Not saying Bosa's bad. And, you know, obviously he's a beast, but I think Chase is more ready than Bosa was, and like you said, if 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 they're picking up Chase, then who the heck is gonna pick up Sweat coming on the other side? Right. So I'm ecstatic about that. And that's definitely gonna help out our secondary. And uh, Del Rio and uh, Ron both love their defensive guys. I can't remember what the stat was, but like the last few first round picks for Ron Rivera has been like all defense, right?
1: All, pass rushers. <laughs> yeah, all been, pass rushers. It's been, it's been, it's been. You know, all pass rushers. Von Miller. You know, uh, Julius Peppers. There's a couple others on that list too, and they yeah, just Brian say, Burns. you know, yeah, Brian Burns. Everyone talks about just, the, just the development that they're able to do. So it's not just about who they were with. It's about how they develop these players and understand that it's just not about lining up and saying, go, yeah. they move around guys. And this has been a lot of what, you know, people who actually watch tape say about the Redskins is you have people like Kerrigan, sweat, you know, pain, ionitis, Allen, you got to move these guys around pre-snap. This is how you create mismatches against offensive linemen is you move your guys around and we're going to see a ton of pre-snap movement with these guys and young, yeah. you can even line them up coming through the middle on stunts. This is going to be an exciting time to be Redskins. I think the last time I truly say I was this excited for draft picks, and I'm talking even RG three. I, I I drank the Kool Aid with that too. But I would say Sean Taylor and Levar Arrington this is the last time I've been excited about a defensive player with with such high upside because I could say that's when I really started getting hardcore into watching film as you know Levar Arrington and Sean Taylor days, and I think that this guy. He's, he's the easily, he's the best pass rusher I've ever scouted. And I don't think he's going to disappoint. I think once he gets in this system, I think, you know, the familiarity, the friendships that he already has, that's a big key. Being home is a knock too, because you've got the family knocking down your door for tickets and this and that, but an underrated aspect of him coming home is, you know, having Dwayne Haskins and having McLaurin and having his friends, um, closely around him. So, I think it's it's just going to be a perfect match. To be honest with you,
0: I agree. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I know we have like some plays on defense called like NASCAR, yep. where it's just like all out blitz, pretty much. Yep. Imagine him, like you said, Sweat, Allen, Payne, Anderson coming up the middle. Uh, who else? Or could be coming up just 100,
1: just all out pass rush. <laughs> like yeah, <I> feel... just <laughs> Green Bay used to run that. They just when uh, Cl- uh, Matthews was there, mm-hmm. everybody was standing up. You know, yeah. nobody had their hand on the ground and it was just, it was the NASCAR formation. Nope. Nobody had their hands down. It was just go. And man, I hope we see that. Cause we have, you know, between sweat and all these guys, the raw speed that they have hands down from top to bottom, this is the fastest defensive line of football. I'm not just saying that I've looked at every team, including the 49ers from top to bottom. We have the fastest defensive line on paper if we get young, so it'll definitely be exciting. And, you know, hopefully we can get a couple pieces in the back end because uh, you know they're going to reap the benefits of, of, of a ton of pressures. It's not only about sacks. It's about those pressures, and yeah. I think that's one thing that uh, Young in this line is going to be able to produce in the uh, next year. It'll be exciting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Pass rush leads to stupid throws, and that's all yes. we need um, for a defensive unit, especially in the secondary. So I'm sure Landon Collins is going to be excited about that. Um, so – do you think there's any kind of chance, just going through this mock draft, any chance that we could get a second-round pick? I say, to be honest with you, I don't see it. And you people are going to say, well, if we trade Trent, we're not getting a second. Like, that's just bogus. Um, but I, I don't see any way we get a second-round pick. Do you? No, no. It's okay. not
1: It's not going to happen. Yeah. And I don't see them, even if we get, let, let's say, third, fourth rounds next year, we're not, they're not going to trade up because, you know, I've just really studied what Kyle Smith likes to do. And what he likes to do is have as many of those picks possible. His success has come on late day two, day three. So I think as many third, fourths. I'm more excited about that. I understand the second. We're to you we're you're definitely gonna lose out on a big talent. But if we can get an additional third, more fourths, those third and fourth round picks, I assure you, they're gonna be some really good players in those rounds because based on the wide receivers and the offensive tackles alone. There's going to be a run on them in the first and second round. So you're going to talk about some really good players dropping corners, tackles, receivers, tight ends. There's going to be some real talent that falls to those rounds. And I'm talking about starter talent, not developmental. So it's going to be, you know, having a second round. Of course it it doesn't hurt, but people let's just keep this in mind. We have our second round. That's Montez sweat. That's, if you just look at it like that, you know, we have Montez sweat who we would have selected, that's who we have. We don't have that second round this year, but he's going to be on the field. So, to me, I'm not. A lot of people want to, you know, talk about the trade up. I don't want trade up. I think get as many mid round picks as we can, and even that Dunbar pick. People are sleeping on that. I guarantee you. Watch, we'll get a starter out of that pick.
0: Oh, I 100% agree with you, and like you said, we are you know we already we already made our second round selection with Montez Sweat, and I think most people would be absolutely satisfied with that. Um, So, Julie Donaldson came out and said that the Redskins will be taking a best player available approach in the draft. How do you feel about that?
1: I, I I agree because I think teams really reach when they just select for need. And I think a lot of the bad teams have done things like that. I think, you know, I don't like to classify the Giants as a bad team because they've had a lot of success over the last, you know, couple decades. But, you know, since Fossil left, you know, they've really been up and down and they've really selected a lot for need. And so, you know, a lot of other bad teams. And I think this is the type of draft that, like I said, you're going to have players that slip. And there's going to be some really good guys. And what I've been saying on, you know, on my podcast tour is, Keep an eye out for these undrafted guys, because what usually happens is towards the middle to the end of the seventh round, teams start to, you know, reach out to agents and, you know, give calls to try to set up workouts. There's going to be no workouts this year. There's going to be no, after the draft finishes, there's not going to be workouts meetings. So there's going to be a race to get some of these undrafted. And there's going to be a ton of undrafted small schoolers, guys that were looked at as mid-rounders that are going to be available. So this is an aspect that I really have a lot of faith in Kyle Smith. Rivera, he has to prove to me. But right now, I have confidence in Kyle Smith because I like what he's done in undrafted in the draft in the the late rounds. So that's something to definitely keep an eye on.
0: Yeah, and I agree with you. Um, You know, like you said, this this is a rebuild. It's going to take a little bit of time. You know, do you kind of reach? And that's one thing we've noticed with these, you know, mock drafts. We get to our our pick at sixty six, and we're like, "Oh man, we need a wide receiver. We need a tight end." Let me skip over these four or five guys that fell. Let me see who I like best, and just keep picking them every mock draft. So that's what I really wanted to do with this because I, I'm, I'm guilty. I pick the same guys every time. I'm like, all right, where's 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 AGG at? Where's my guy? Right, right, right. And you just wait for him. You're like, all right, so he's not here. So let me trade back and get another pick until he falls to me, and then he goes to somewhere else. Right. Um, so looking at the mock draft that I'm doing right now, you know, we selected Chase Young, and we were at pick 66. So, uh, Curtis Weaver and Raquan Davis just went before us, you know, DNs. D By the way, I know you love some Raquan Davis, I'm sure. Speaking yes. of just dominating people, he's the most dominating D-lineman I've ever seen live. So, I mean, I haven't seen Chase, Chase live yet, but Raekwon Davis, his arms are so freaking long. And no one's talking about this guy. I just have to say this because I love Raquan to death. One of one of my favorite D linemen at Alabama, which is, you know, hard to say with everybody that's been there. But go watch his tapes against South Carolina this year. I could not believe what I was seeing. But oh, yeah. just had to get that out there because he is very underrated. So, um Pittman went before us. Gabriel Davis went already. Good lord. Matt Pert, offensive tackle out of UConn, who we've been talking about, went. So taking a look at what we got. All right. So we have JK Dobbins, running back Ohio State. I'm sure you know how to say this guy's name because I don't. The corner from Auburn, uh, <laughs> I Noah. Try, I know you
1: don't. Uh, you're good as me, yeah. Right, I don't even try, let's but try yeah. This. But Noah
0: Igbenogheni. Yeah. <laughs> Too, early, to for Too yeah. early
1: for me. Too early for me.
0: Yeah. I I agree. It's not just because he went to Auburn. Uh, yeah. Clyde Head. Clyde, Clyde edwards hilaire who you and me both. Uh, came to hate this season mm. um and then lucas uh, niang is the next one up so mm-hmm. to me this is where it gets interesting because mm-hmm. you know, below that we have prince tega we got brandon Ayuk, um mm-hmm. we got troutman down there so mm-hmm. taking a look at it there's a lot of guys so I, this is where i'm really curious about your big board would you rather have a guy like Dobbins above, you know, Clyde edwards Hilaire, and Lucas Nang? Are they that far ahead of him to where you're taking best player available? Or are mm-hmm. you kind of stepping back and saying, all right, you know, J.K. Dobbins, Clyde, y'all are good, mm-hmm. but Lucas Nang sitting right there is our pick.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So what? What would you, how, how would you assess this if you're a Ron and you're doing best player available? Are you taking one of those running backs? Or is the is the gap close enough to where you're, you're comfortable taking one of those offensive
1: tackles? Yeah, I'm 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 not going to take one of the running backs this year. Just it, and I really like him too. I like a couple of the guys there, but I also like the the depth uh, in the mid to later rounds running back. If we're gonna go running back, we have we have a crowded field already. I think Bryce Love is going to really step up this year, so I feel more comfortable going in the later rounds. So if we're gonna choose from you know that group offensive tackle, probably go with one of those. I I personally, I'm going to tend at at that pick. I don't know who you, who's available on your board, but I'm going to look at the receivers. I'm going to look at the receivers and the tight ends. You mentioned Troutman, if he's available. Um, he's my number one tight end, so I'd have to consider him, but I'd have to also look at what receivers. I think offensive tackle. I think we could still get that same caliber player with our fourth round. We have an early fourth round. I'd probably wait till then, even though that's a big need, simply based on the drop-off because – some of the guys you mentioned, you know, even Prince from Auburn, I like them, but they're still falling into that second tier and out. And I think a lot of these tight ends and receivers are still in the back end of the first tier, uh, maybe early second tier. So that would have to be a consideration for me as well.
0: So yeah, the wide receivers we have Brandon Ayuk, and then below him, a good little ways is Lynn Bowden, um, and then uh, Devin Duvernay is more of a slot guy. Yeah, and then Donovan yeah. And People Jones. Um, and then Edwards and Chase Claypool are down there a good little ways. It's like a 20-player yeah. gap. So, I mean, I agree yeah. with you. In my yeah. last few mocks, I've been taking Ayuk, and um I've also been taking Lucas Nang. And yeah. honestly, on this draft right here, I would have to take Lucas. Yeah,
1: I, um, I'd be okay with that. Yeah.
0: If you listen to Chase, I want it might have been at the combine. They asked him who was the hardest offensive lineman he went against. He said it was Lucas Nang. Yeah, and he actually did not give up a sack in three seasons. Yeah, that that is crazy. And like you said, there's some depth later on in the rounds, but right. honestly, I mean, I gotta go Lucas. So if you're going wide receiver, or you'd either go uh, Auk or Troutman, you said. I'd, yeah,
1: yeah, but I, I'm I'm with you on that lineman. I think he he's really good. Um, a lot of people have him in the in the seventy range, so that's just about right. The other guys are a little farther out there. So if you're talking about uh, BPA, he's probably falls into that. Again, my concern is losing out on you hey, I do like him. I, I wouldn't take him there, though. Um, I would probably, if it, it was between um, Yang and um, Troutman, I'd probably go Troutman just because um, I love his game. Um, again, another small schooler. I've been following him for a while, former quarterback. I'd probably go with his upside and, um, you know, maybe gamble a little bit in the fourth round with a tackle.
0: Yeah, I've been seeing more and more that Traubin seems to be slipping back. Mm
1: -hmm. And I don't
0: know how much that's going to happen. I forgot who said it, but uh, someone like the last two days (laughs) said that the mock drafts have just been completely off of what to expect.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's not going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I I think Troutman, like I said, we're talking about him in this discussion. Watch what happens. Watch him go in the end of the first or second. Somebody's going to reach big time because big play tight ends like that. And I think he showed at the Senior Bowl, you know, he's surprised with his ability to block and his upside. So I think he's not even going to be available at this point because I think, you know, between him and Komet, those are my top two, you know, neck and neck. I I think those two aren't even going to be available at this spot. So. Nyang might be probably, you know, realistically, if Troutman's off the board, that's probably going to be one of the best players on the board.
0: It's third and long. The quarterback's got to shave some yards off here to have any chance to score. Let's see what he does. He drops back. He has a guy downfield, but he doesn't see him. He tries to hand the ball off to a cheap razor. Boom! He's nicked in the sack. It's a fumble, and the ball is going the other way that one's gonna hurt for a while what in the world was he thinking let's go to the monitors and see exactly what went wrong you know this offseason his coaches at manscaped enhanced the lawnmower 3.0 offense to a whopping 7,000 rpm motor with quiet stroke technology they gave him all the chances he had to get that safe clean cut up the sideline with the cutting-edge ceramic blade but instead he got nicked on the sack by a rusty defense If he would have used the LED light that comes with the 3.0, there is no doubt he would have been able to see his playing field much better. Looks like he's going to be going over to the sideline with his Manscaped coaches. Grab the tablet, see what went wrong, and if he's smart, he's going to go over to manscaped.com and use the code BNP20 to save 20% off his entire cart with free shipping. That's right. Use code BNP20 to save 20% off your entire card with free shipping. Don't keep making the same mistakes and give your balls a clean pocket next time. And there's no doubt, the result will be a touchdown. Yeah, and I'll even say Brian Edwards has been falling too. Yeah. I'd even put him in the discussion as best player available at 66.
1: I like him too, yeah. I think it? his injury hurt him a little bit. It's not a big-time injury, but it is enough. They said he'll be available for training camp, and I really like him too. But I, these we've seen through the past couple of years, these little nagging things have been enough for teams to pass on a guy, and I think that he, he'll actually slip probably a little farther down the third, down the fourth. Yeah. So, um, like you mentioned, Devray, he's a slot guy. He'll probably be available in the fourth too. So, if you're going straight value, but BPA, it's probably the TCU tackle.
0: Yeah, and um, if he if, he, if uh, Brian Edwards falls to the fourth, I will <laughs> I will oh. flip tables. <laughs> I'll be so yeah. excited if yeah. we got a tackle at sixty six, like Luz Nang, and then we got Brian Edwards in the fourth. Right I now. will just be ecstatic. So. Uh, round four, we're at pick 108 right now. And this is going off no trades, obviously. Right. I'm sure there's going to be a ton. But this is just looking at it, breaking it down as who is the best available if this is what we're actually going to be doing come draft day. And we saw one of our guys, Cam Dansler just went off the board. Jack Driscoll, mm-hmm. another tackle um, that I'm sure is big on your board. Um, let's see. We got, ooh, we got Vance Jefferson, Bryson Hopkins, uh, Cam Akers, Eno Benjamin, uh, Colin Johnson, and Bryce Hall seems to be the yeah. top guys here. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. mentioned tackles, and I, you mm-hmm. know, we're seeing some kind of go off the board here. Um, mm-hmm. And you also talked about running backs possibly later in the rounds. How mm-hmm. how high on your big board do you have guys like Cam Akers and Eno Benjamin?
1: I got them way off. My big board, like I said, it's it's anyone from guys from round one that I see all the way to probably round three. Uh, even like Swift, who I really like out of uh, Georgia. I had him on my original big board. I don't have him anymore. I have him just on the outside. Because I just think with the way we're currently set up, if we didn't have AP, I would think it's a different story. But between AP, I know we can't bank on guys, but we do have Geist. you know, We picked up McKinsey. Uh, love, you know, uh, Barber. I don't. He's not making the team. I'm not even going to discuss him. You don't like Barber? Um, it's not that I don't like him. I oh, think man. I just don't think that he's going to be on the fine. Unless Geis goes down, I don't think he's going to be on the roster. Because I look at those two as not skill set, but as far as what they would want to use, the way they'd want to use them. Same with AP. I put all those three guys right there. Then you have Mackenzie and Love in the other section. As far as scat back, possible third down. Um, I think we'll see maybe in the late, you know, fifth round, they could look at the guy, depending if there's some value there, but I wouldn't be surprised if they just use one of the seventh rounders on a potential running back. So I wouldn't go that early. Uh, you mentioned acres. I do like him. Um, that would you'd have to really think long and hard. If you have acres sitting there in the fourth round, you're going to pull the trigger. So that that's going to be a tough round.
0: Yeah, dude, I might be the only one that's actually really excited about Peyton Barber, and, and I look past the Auburn, you know, yeah. you know, uh, part of it. But man, it's—I feel good about him. Like I, I think he can be the guy that takes a lot of that, you know, the durable hits and just takes a lot of workload off right. of you know APs on the end of his career. Guys who can't right. stay healthy. And then, you know, McKissick's going to be that Chris Thompson-esque guy yeah. that plays in the slot, plays in the backfield. Um, I think that's what Cam Akers would be. Yeah. Um, yes, it could possibly be an upgrade, but do you, you know, spend
1: a fourth on that? It's it's a numbers game. That's the thing, how many you're going to keep. Do you even see them keeping four? Some people are talking about four. If you keep in four, you're talking about another offensive position like wide receiver or tight end is going to have one less. So I think it's a stretch, you know, with McKinsey coming, on. I think he'll probably make it and they will probably go with four with uh, AP guys, McKinsey and love. So is there any more room for that? I don't know. Uh, you yeah. mentioned Van Jefferson, Florida. He's a guy I really like. I've been watching more tape on him lately. Six, uh, two plus 210 plus. I really like what he can do. He's raw in A lot of aspects. But you're talking about a guy with a lot of upside to play opposite McLaurin, maybe, and compete with uh some of the other guys we have. He's somebody I really like. In the fourth round, he's really good value there.
0: I agree. And that's I think that's the way we, we should go with this pick. Yeah. So we got the tackle on the first one, locked in, Van Jefferson, Florida, best player available. And yep. like you, I've I just started watching him uh recently too. I mean, Florida was one of those calls weird schools. Weird, <laughs> weird,
1: hard to evaluate. Yes, yep.
0: really hard, especially you know, with not even just with their offense, but the quarterbacks with Felipe everything. Franks and everything going on. Um, yeah, they they definitely have a lot going down in uh, Florida, but. Taking a look at it, you know, I like what you said about with the running backs and, you know, Ron did say that we might have some plays where there's three tight ends on the field. Yes, Don't yes. Don't know how much of that we're really going to have. That's something I've been saying tonight with signing Burton. We're not going to get into that, but because um, I'm just going to go on a spiel for an hour. But I think that's something to think about, too. We do have a lot right now, but I think we're for sure still going to sign one. And Mm -hmm. then we'll make cuts after training camp, wouldn't you agree?
1: Yeah, yeah, I definitely think anything could happen with that, and I think that, you know, with the way that they're trying to set up the roster now and what they he envisions Rivera envisions, you know, for this team, it's a crapshoot. You know, we just don't know. But I think one thing that they're showing is they're looking for speed, so I think that that's something to keep an eye on. And that's why I think you know I'm curious to see who's still on the board right now with you with the second fourth round pick because I think we got to look at the tight ends uh, at this point because I think you have Logan Thomas you have a couple of the other guys and I think some of these guys are more tight end twos tight end threes especially Logan Thomas I think don't sleep on him uh, he's a really willing like bo- a blocker but I think you know now is the time you're looking for either a flex tight end or you're looking for you know a, a tight end that just has that straight. Uh, receive an ability that can, you know, flat-out run. So I'd be curious to see who's on the board at this point.
0: Yeah, and this one hurts. (laughs) So literally right before our pick, my guy Kenny Robinson. uh, Have you been paying attention to him?
1: The one in the the XFL kid out of West Virginia. Oh, yeah. yeah. Love Kenny. He's gone off the board, huh? Yeah, yeah. I like him,
0: yeah. Davion Taylor, Antonio Gandy, Golden just went. Oh, Amik Robbins, uh, Robertson just went, and Hunter Bryant just went right before. Oh, us. that one hurts. And yes. this is this is where it's tough because you, you yeah. look at who's here right now: Keyshawn Vaughn, Robert mm-hmm. Windsor, D tackle out of Penn State, no. Cameron mm-hmm. Brown, outside linebacker, Penn State, no. I don't see it. Darian Daniels, another D-tackle in Nebraska. John Hightower, wide receiver, a guy I like. Um, Azur Kamara from Kansas, outside linebacker. I've looked at him a little bit, but mm-hmm. it's just all linebackers, all D-linemen.
1: It's positions we don't need. So exactly. now this is where the reaches start. This is where a round or two of reaching up may start. So I think you got to afford, like, what, what tight ends do you have available right now? Because I think you're looking at tight ends, corners, and safeties right now.
0: And um, tight ends a little ways down. Josiah Deguara from Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, but before I pass him, there's two guys actually I like a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert Hunt, tackle out of Louisiana. I know we already mm-hmm. got one, but just someone I've been looking at. Antonio mm-hmm. Gibson, who we've talked about yes. in the past. Yes. Right there, 155. And then one of my guys who I've been uh, coming on to late, Dane Jackson from Pitt, mm-hmm. the corner. I started mm-hmm. watching a lot of tapes on him. People are really high on him and saying that he's one of the late round guys that should go way sooner than he's actually going to go. Um, so I could see us going corner right here. But, um, yeah, the next next tight end is Thaddeus Moss. We're not going to get him. No. Just, no. <laughs> and people already know I hate Thaddeus Moss. Um, Josiah Deguara was before him anyways. True. Um, yeah, I mean, tight end wise, and I don't know why, but for some reason, Colby um, Parkinson has just like completely shot all the way down the boards. For I don't like, understand
1: before. that. I was discussing uh, not that long ago about him. Uh, a lot of plays. I don't know if it's because maybe his lack of you know straight athleticism, but here I'm telling you, I see so much Jason Witten in him. You know, mm-hmm. not just because his height and, and size. I think he's somebody that you know. He needs refinement in a lot of his game, but he'd be definitely someone I'd I'd consider.
0: Yeah, I think I think this would be a realistic spot for him to be at. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, late I'd say, well, maybe the fifth. I'd feel more comfortable getting him in the fifth.
1: Mm-hmm. So let's
0: kind of let's kind of wait on that. Would you rather mm-hmm. wait on a tight end or and get a guy like Antonio Gibson, um, or would you go corner? Or what would you do
1: right here? That's a tough one because I I really like Gibson because I like what he's done all around for the offense. So let's get him. Yeah, I think we'll pull, pull the trigger on it. It's kind of a risk, but you know, waiting this long at tight end is not what I want to do. But Gibson is. A, I'm really high on him. He's a good I think athlete. He, he offers a lot. You know, he's somebody that I think Rivera has shown he likes versatile guys, and he's made a point of saying he likes it. That he's one of the most you know underrated versatile offensive weapons in this draft.
0: Yeah and I don't know if I talked about it with you but I've mentioned it in previous podcast go watch what Scott Turner did in their offense. Well like you said earlier in this podcast a lot of pre-snap motion there's yeah. not even just on defense on the offensive side too. Right. But look at how many times McCaffrey would line up in the slot or right. you know quick motions out before the the snap. And Gibson like we said on the last time we talked about him is absolutely that guy that would do yep. that. So he, For sure. he has to be on their boards. If Zach Moss is on their boards, then Gibson is right. <laughs> ahead of him on their boards. Right. Um, so then we are here at the fifth round. We see all those defensive guys getting out of our way. Thank goodness. Um, and then we come to uh, – this, this guy is actually uh, someone that one of my buddies of the 49ers podcast had on their uh, podcast, uh, the cornerback from Iowa, Michael – Ojimuida, I'm probably saying his last name wrong, but I kind of paid attention to him after I saw that they had him on their podcast, and he's actually one of those really interesting guys um, that i was looking at. Good yet. size.
1: Yeah. Have you have you done a lot of tapes on him? Not a lot, but just a little. I just know he's about six one and change, uh, two hundred, and uh, I've heard good things about him. I I know not the only Iowa tape I really looked with was uh, Tristan Worf's. As far as prospects out of there, but I have heard some good things about him. I, he's definitely, without a doubt, a consideration at this point. But again, tight end, got to get that tight end. But I, mm-hmm. I like him too. So right now, it's who who's the highly higher rated on the board? We have to consider.
0: So I'll say it's you know Michael, Colby here. Um, then right under him we have Jonah Jackson. Uh, Sadiq Charles and then Hakeem Adingi from Kansas so two offensive tackles but I feel like we're good on that just because what we've already gotten um, uh-huh. you know earlier in the draft with Lucas uh-huh. um, so say Colby's here Jonah Jackson the guard out of Ohio State's you know he's been picking up a little bit of uh, speed going up or Michael out of Iowa what would your pick be are you sold on Colby right here and locking in that tight end
1: yeah, I, I, I think this is where you put if we If we wait this long to go tight end, this is a perfect spot for, yeah. for uh, the Stanford tight end for sure.
0: I agree with you because after that we've got the two LSU duds, I mean tight ends, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thaddeus Moss and Steven Sullivan. Steven Sullivan is actually one of those yeah. wide receiver turn tight end guys too. So I think he's, he's a flex. Yeah, he's a, he's just one of those good athletes. Right. Um, then we've got Dalton Keene out of Virginia Tech. I'm not too high on him um Cheyenne O'Grady who might be something but we're kind of scarred by uh tight ends from Arkansas right now so we'll a hold mm-hmm. off on him so
1: I don't think... be available late yeah they'll yeah. be they'll be I, I really think those ones those guys the Virginia Tech guy another, they'll be available in the seventh all the way to undrafted so yeah I wouldn't pull the trick on them yet Parkinson yeah, you're not you're not gonna see a Stanford tight end um go farther than the fifth or sixth round so yeah. this is a perfect spot for him
0: all right I of the. Search them to pull them up, but <laughs> but we got them all right. So I think we've knocked out, and that's that's the one thing that I was really taking a look at. This is you know, getting best player available. Are we still filling needs? And honestly, like I feel really good about this draft. Mm. Um, like going back in it real quick while it's going through, we got our tight end in Colby we have our running back slash you know slot option in Antonio Gibson just a great athlete that can give us production on the offense then Van Jefferson right Florida great wide receiver like you said opposite Terry and then uh Lucas Nang, of course protecting Dwayne Haskins so so far, that is solid. If that's what we have come draft day, dude, I'm thinking that's an A draft already.
1: No doubt. I'm
0: I'm sure Ron's going to give us a call and be like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> we saw that mock y'all did. Let me see what y'all got. <laughs> um, and then right now you have some guys. You see a lot of um, safeties coming off the board, uh, late value guys that I like. But, you know, taking a look at it from a standpoint of needs plus – uh, best player available. I see Julian Blackman, cornerback. Ooh, that's going to be hard to pass up on. Um, see some tackles here, but I think we've already got that set. Um, like, Well, Alex Taylor. Have you done a lot of Alex Taylor tapes?
1: I, I have not. I, I know a, I've, I've heard some good things about him, but no, I haven't watched much on him, really anything on him at all.
0: Okay. Yeah, I started a little bit, but... Right here in these later rounds is where I start looking at Julian Blackman, um, Tanner Muse from uh, Clemson at safety, mm-hmm. um, Jawan Johnson from Oregon and the Tennessee. I love Jawan Johnson um, from Tennessee, even though he was against us. One of those guys that just wasn't used enough. Right. Um, huge athlete. And uh, Miles Dorn from uh, North Carolina at safety. Yeah. So... I don't know. This this is where it starts getting a little little blurry on who's the better player available. Like this is this is where Kyle Smith is good though. Right. So if you put on your Kyle Smith helmet, taking a look at it, you got Blackman, um like I said you got some wide receivers, Shaquille Quarterman, linebacker Miles Dorn. What do you think's going on here in these later rounds?
1: You're talking about Julian Blackman from Utah, right? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, he's looked at as, you know, the a hybrid like a cornerback safety. Uh, he's a little lean Um, he's a little wiry about just about six foot about 190 Um, but he's good value this late in the draft if if he is available uh, he's definitely some good value at this point I would definitely have to consider him
0: yep I completely agree with you Uh, Utah Cal both really exciting secondaries last year Blackman was one of those key guys so I picked him locked him in um, taking a look at it, we still got Shaquille Quarterman, Miles Dorn. We still got some good late picks here, and I want to say this is our last pick. Yep, round mm-hmm. seven. So mm-hmm. Rodney Clemens, another guy I've been watching late. Trey Adams at Washington. Mm-hmm. But then you got Jamichael uh, Hasty from Baylor. I know you you might have seen some of his tapes at a little the Senior bit. Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, so would you even consider running back here? Or are you still just looking at some you know maybe even defense right
1: here? I'm looking at developmental right here. So I wouldn't even say it's out of the realm of a quarterback, a developmental quarterback at this point. I'm looking at, you know, any kind of hybrids, cornerback safeties. So this is one of those spots where it's, um, it's, a, it's just a roll of the dice. It's who do we see that has maybe a higher grade that dropped that that's what I would look at is, you know, what their grade was at this point, because this is the kind, this is the, time of the draft that you know you're looking at value getting that real value this late
0: all right this one's gonna be really hard i did not see these guys <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. so this Do one's some.
0: gonna this one's gonna be hard for you cameron clark guard from charlotte who has been picking mm-hmm. up a lot of a lot of steam and the mm-hmm. redskins had a FaceTime with them yes did not see him reggie robinson corner from tulsa mm-hmm. i love reggie robinson also then you have Cole McDonald, quarterback from Hawaii. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you brought up a good point when we were talking the other day, when we were messaging and talking about, you know, uh, signing uh, undrafted free agents and stuff like that. So you have those three guys, and then you even have a guy like Austin Mack, wide receiver at Ohio State. I'll Mm -hmm. say, honestly, it's probably the four uh, best available that makes sense to me. So Mm -hmm. you got Clark, Reggie Robinson, Lamar Jackson's there too, so I'll even add him. Um and then Cole McDonald and Austin Mack. What would you go?
1: You, well, you were talking with Jackson from Nebraska. Is that yeah. the one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he he's the one. Uh, I like. It, I'm looking at Clark, but you know, I think because I, I I'm not sold that Brandon Schreff is going to be back um, after this year. So I, I have to really think long and hard about that. I have watched his the Clark's tape and. He, he's a legit prospect, and I don't think he's going to drop this far. I think a lot of this board, you know, a lot of projections, are, like you said, are all over the place. Yeah, he's um, gone
0: earlier for sure, I think. But
1: the, the, the kid from Nebraska, I like his size. I'm I'm going to pull the trigger on him. I, I don't even think it's, it's that much of a decision.
0: Yeah, if Clark was there, absolutely. But I agree with you. Yeah. I think he's going to be maybe in the fifth. I mean, he's yeah. picked up a lot of steam. Jordan Reed... Um did a, a thing on him, a write up on him the other yep. day, and I was looking at that and it, it drew me in um for sure. So all right, we go Lamar Jackson here and this is a really solid draft. You know, Chase Young, Lucas Ning getting that tackle spot filled. So whatever does happen with Trent, we have that next spot at left tackle. Van Jefferson, wide receiver out of Florida, Antonio Gibson, just an offensive weapon in the backfield in the slot. Colby Parkinson going to be a huge red zone threat at I would say that's his floor, and yeah. you mentioned it on the last podcast. His Stealing could be a guy who gets you know big yard games and still scores, and right. then Julian Blackman and Lamar Jackson in the secondary
1: oh. shoot. <laughs> I mean that's 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 an A draft right that's there for sure. sure. Yeah. yeah,
0: and out yeah. of all of these, who do you think would be the one? kind of underrated guy that could possibly make the biggest impact. We know Lucas and Chase are going to be huge, but out of you know Jefferson, Gibson, Parkinson, Blackman, and Jackson, who do you think could be that one long-term guy that sticks with the Redskins that could have a huge impact?
1: I think it's Gibson because I think what Turner did with McCaffrey, they've shown what they can do with that type of player. And again, I'm not going to put him in the same hemisphere as McCaffrey, but Gibson is just that guy that you can move all around, special teams gadget plays, and I think that's one thing you're going to see with Turner. That you haven't see. you saw Jay try to run some of these, and they just look like you know forced. a crap yeah. show, you know, trying to run them. Um, but I think out of all these guys, um, Jefferson's a close second, but I think it, it's Gibson. I think he's going to be the guy long term because there's just so many question marks right now with you know everyone other than McLaurin as far as offensive goes. Um, as far as r- the running backs, the health is a big issue. And, you know, we love uh, Steven Sims Jr., all of us, but, you know, we got to be real about him. You know what I mean? I've seen players like him in the past. I really like him. But to say he's going to be our next Pro Bowl slot, can't do that. So to look at – you have to look at somebody else that can play that role as well and, you know, possibly be a rotational guy and come in for these, uh, you know, gadget plays – and and Gibson's that guy for sure.
0: Yeah, it keeps the defense guessing. You don't know, right. If Gibson's going to come on a sweep, if he's going to, you know, take direct snap, like you, you can do anything with this guy, right? And like I said, we're going to be doing a lot of pre snap motions. We're going to be a lot of guessing, and that's something that's that's going to help out Haskins a lot too, you know, with this new offense. It's going to keep the defense on its heels. And, you know, not really sure what to expect with our new offense. You know, we do have a new defense that we've been talking about, but I don't think our new offense is getting talked about enough. And I think that plays a huge part in this draft and why they are interested in guys like Zach Moss um, and Antonio Gibson. But, yeah, I mean, this is for sure a solid mock draft. I'll be sure to post it on Twitter get y'all's thoughts about it. Um, but Adam, man, appreciate it. But, you know, uh, we got some big news for draft night. I'm so excited about this. Um, you know, we, we kind of all came together and said, like, what can we do for the draft day, you know, after everything kind of, you know, got shot down because of the virus. Right, it's right. It's supposed to be in Vegas. It's not going to be the traditional, you know, carrying on the boat that <laughs> it was going yeah, to. Yeah, I'm kinda yeah, I'm kind of glad they're not doing that. that yeah, yeah. How long would that have took to, you know, pick somebody up and send them over in a boat?
1: <laughs> I think it would have dragged on. I, I think I, I just have the inclination that the way this is panning out right now, we might see, you know, quicker picks go. You know, they're going to slow. They're going to intentionally slow it down in the beginning. But I think, unlike years past, we're going to see the mid first round go a lot mid to the end of the first round go probably faster than it has in the past. But you just never know because it's all about ratings, and they could drag this thing on no matter what. Oh yeah.
0: Which, I mean, this is kind of all we have, so...
1: I know, so I don't mind. Exactly. Yeah, I
0: wouldn't care if you're like, hey guys, we're going to do the first round this weekend, second round next weekend. I'd be like,
1: let's go! <laughs> like, that's, that's fine, right? Drag
0: this out till June. Yeah. You know, not that long, but still. Um, so right. yeah, we kind of got together. You've got me with the Burgundy Network Podcast. you got Adam with the BNG Report you know always having that insight on draft picks can't wait to see you come draft day then you've got full press coverage guys like george Carmi. uh we got alan lapori and then we've got steve from let's talk redskins we're all going to be coming together and doing a live show during day one and day two so day three we're just going to enjoy it as fans you know take part in the redskins uh draft day party but going to put out all the information on twitter i'm dropping this podcast saturday morning um so you know be sure to check that out but i think this is going to be awesome y'all can hang out with us we're going to get this thing live on twitter um might do facebook and youtube i don't know how to talk to steve about it because he's the uh video guru but so far i've got everything set up to go live on twitter where everybody is so just be one big tailgate um not sure what's gonna happen being live
1: hey (laughs) that's the interesting part about it anything could happen you know yeah (laughs)
0: hopefully we don't get hacked (laughs) talking about all the stuff that could happen hopefully we're not the ones that gets hacked right um it'll go to like some onlyfans.com page of course will be like our luck but I'm excited you know we got a good group of guys and we're just all gonna come together and just enjoy this and uh like I said man I just can't wait to see who we pick and what the future of the Redskins is gonna look like but Adam, man, appreciate it. Um, as always, tell the fans how they can follow you and keep up with all your work.
1: It's always a pleasure, man. Um, you can uh, find me on Twitter at the B and G Report. Uh, put all of our po- my podcast appearance, all of my latest articles, are pinned to the top. Uh, you can also find my articles, my evaluations, my interviews with uh, NFL draft prospects, uh, Burgundy and Gold Dot com man thanks for having me on man HTTR.
0: absolutely had you know he was doing a lot of shows this guy is working more than anybody I, I always say no one's gonna outwork me but if they do it's Adam
1: because <laughs> I
0: swear he was on like Fox Sports radio tonight and just doing this is, huge shows. this is the
1: four, this is the fourth in three days so nice. yeah I'm a hustling man I'm hustling nice.
0: you don't even remember what you say anymore you're just repeating the same thing <laughs> yeah, I try help. I try
1: not to I try to mix it up. <laughs>
0: But, yeah, Lake Lewis is on uh, tonight, so definitely check that out. Anytime Lake speaks, uh, I'm definitely paying attention. Same goes for Adam. If there's anything draft talk going on, I got to pick his head. But, like I said, we will see y'all draft night. This is the last pod before the draft. See y'all then. Check Twitter. We're going to drop all the information. Crack a beer, eat some wings, and just enjoy with us. Adam, I'll see you on draft day, man.
1: See you there, man.
0: Awesome. HTTR. HTTR, bro.